Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Hashtag Behind Relationship Goals. I am Fofo. And I'm Bones. Today's episode, we are going to talk all about our work, specifically acting. It's a sensitive topic, I would assume, for most people, especially for most artists and creative people, which include us. But I think that's why this episode is going to be quite juicy. Juicy because we don't want to talk about it or because like there's so much to talk about? I think both. I think generally artists have reservations talking about their craft mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and do because there really is always a lot of things to talk about. The brothers is show that you made me watch in the US where there are two actors and they interview each other. Oh yeah, actors and actors. Yeah. So the one I liked was Brad Pitt and Adam Sandler. They don't really have a relationship uh-huh, but uh-huh. they're asked to sit down for an hour and just talk about their work and there are times when some pairings are very cringeworthy. Like Shia LaBeouf and um, And Kristen Kristen Stewart. Stewart, That was really bad. But the one of Brad Pitt and Adam Sandler came out really nice because they were able to gather insights from one another. Yeah, sometimes there's like great chemistry and then other times it's hard because maybe one person doesn't want to open up or one person is probably intimidated. I think that translates into our work area. Like there are instances where you have to work with someone but you're not completely comfortable with them. Yeah, so I guess for an overview of this episode would be talking about our craft which Mm -hmm. artists generally have a reservation about the ups and downs for us how do we perceive ourselves and how do we perceive each other other in terms of being an actor being a craftsman or a craftswoman (laughs) within the acting world acting zone where do we start this whole discussion let's go back to when we were younger did you have any dreams of Becoming like an actor when you were young. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> no, like a big no. So it's the complete opposite. Complete opposite. Oh my God. I graduated college never even glancing about the thought of becoming an actor. Yeah. Yeah. Or At even all. being in like, show business. It never crossed my mind. It never interested me. I can chalk that up to my environment because uh-huh. in my family, it was a family of entrepreneurs, of businessmen, of office workers, of corporate people. Mm-hmm. And none of them were actors. And the very few who were into the creative side of the world, uh, I guess I never got to interact with them that much. Or I never got to know yeah. that part of their lives that much. So I had zero creative influence as I was growing up, Okay, I okay. would say. Yeah. I would say, yeah, yeah. How about you? No, I didn't think of becoming an actor. My dream before was to become like a, a writer. Oh, okay. And I wanted to become an author. Like I wanted to publish books. Right. I wanted to be that. I wanted to be like a J.K. Rowling. That's what I wanted to be. When so I it up. never crossed your mind. Like when you were watching movies, you never, I want to be like that. Something that would be closer to an actor would be like a pop star. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, so you wanted to be a pop star. Yeah, because I love like Britney Spears and all of that. So it was either I was going to be a writer like J.K. Rowling or a pop star like Britney Spears. Those were my two dreams back when I was younger. And then I guess we move on to eventually you became an actress mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at the age of? 14. How was that? Because obviously at that time you were more aware and more conscious of what an actor was because you would watch Jenna Lynn Mercado. Yeah, she was my idol. And so, she was actually the reason why 
I went into showbiz. So I didn't go into showbiz wanting to be like an actor or anything. I wanted to be there so I could meet the people that I liked watching. But still, eventually, I guess you realized that you had to act, right? Yeah. On your audition, you had to act. Yeah, I did. So when did your first preconceived notions of actors come in? Like, eventually when you were there, you had to think, oh, what does an actor do? Oh, remember that clip you were watching the other day, Yung? Sino yung <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yung papakainin ko. How will we get I was food? watching Megan's Starstruck audition. <laughs> oh my gosh. I had no idea what I was doing. They were like, just say something like you had to like beg for food for your family. And then I didn't speak much Tagalog at that time. As in, I barely spoke Tagalog. So I was trying to put in a mix. I forgot what food meant and th- like what the translation was in Tagalog. So it was really wonky. It was weird. Like I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know if I was doing it right or if I had to like be OA to like be acting. Eventually, you had to really act. Like, yeah, in work. You had to do your work. Yeah. You probably were guested mm-hmm, in Starstruck. Mm-hmm. You were given lines. And you were given workshops. What was your first understanding of what acting is or what being an actor is? I thought that celebrities that I watched on TV, I thought it was easy. Like, that's that's how I saw okay, it. Okay, interesting, like, yeah. I thought it was easy. I thought, like, you just look pretty and, like, you go on set. Oh, yeah, memorize lines. Like, that's so easy. I do that in school. Since I was 14, you know, I had no experience with, like, commercials. So I had no prior knowledge and experience of what is set is like or what the steps to getting to the scene are. So when I was doing Starstruck, that was like my first like dive into it. But we only really got a feel of what a set is like after that because we were on our own. Like we didn't have people telling us, oh, you go here, you do this. It was all just you. So I felt like I was a little tadpole in a (laughs) tank full of sharks. And I was just trying to like tadpole my way through. I think eventually I had to try to become a piranha. What was the trigger for you to think, oh my God, I have to stop being a tadpole and be a piranha? Because although tadpoles don't become piranhas, just I know, so you I know. know. Like, I'm, just I'm, just <laughs> I'm sorry. But we're, anyway, go go. We're not talking about like evolution here, Fofo. Okay, I think the time that I thought not, I have to be more like feisty or anything is because I didn't want to be stepped on. Like, I didn't want people to have to boss me around at a certain point. But, but I was young. I was very naive of what was going on. Mm. Although I had my director to tell me what to do. I think it was coming from being in a reality show where every day they say, you have to do this, you have to do that. Like, we were just following instructions. And at this point, I was like, okay, I don't necessarily like everything that they're telling me to do. I wasn't a big dancer. Like singing was just okay. But they, they weren't things that I wanted to do. Eventually, I wanted it to become that. Okay, these are the things that I want to do. I want to follow the things that I want. And you were 14 years old at the time. 14, 15, yeah. So you became a piranha at 14, 15. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, how was your experience naman, like being on the set for the first time? Not even being on the set. My first experience would be just being introduced to the concept of acting. So I was 23 years old at that time. 22 years old. Your commercial. Yeah. Even after the commercial. Because the commercial, I had a particular notion that you just had to copy whatever they tell you to do. So Mm -hmm. for my first commercial, you bite into a burger. I never thought of it as acting Mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. So I, I just said, okay, give me the burger. I bite into it and I thought that what you had to do was look cute. <laughs> look cute. So just make sure you look good and you're fine. Yeah, so we both had the same notion that, okay, acting is like you just have to look good. 
That's yeah, it. Yeah. Eventually, GMA called and we did that whole thing and I started to work with them. They put me in my first workshop. And the very first time that I actually had uh, a concept of acting as a craft was during a workshop. Mm -hmm. And people were trying to tell me, what is acting? And I was thinking, oh my God, what is acting? Like, what is the goal of what you're trying to do? So you were thinking of it like parang a theory. Yeah, I was thinking of it as a skill, as a lesson. Yes. I was like, what is the goal here? Yeah. All of a sudden, I mean, it didn't click right away, but it made me think, oh yeah, what are you guys trying to do? Like when people are doing their scenes and they're they're reading their lines and they're in front of their camera, what is what's the goal? their ultimate goal? Yeah, yeah. And uh, this was the most annoying answer I ever heard at that time. Okay. And then they said, "Truth. Because you need of, truth." Because, because of where <laughs> I'm like, you were "Oh my god, this is crazy. I'm out of here." In my head, because I was annoyed. For me, it was such a vague answer because when they said truth is what you need to produce when you're acting. What the hell does that mean? Yeah, yeah. Especially coming from right? your background where you, know, you were like all calculation and yeah. like you knew things like by the book. Here comes something that's like, what is true? You're trying to break it down. Like, and as I would an ask philosophy the, class. <laughs> and I would ask them straight up, what do you mean by truth? Yeah. And they're like, it's being in the scene. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, this is getting worse. I'm not absorbing this at all. Yeah. These workshops were designed for people who were just at least interested in acting. Yeah. And they had some semblance or some notion or some thought of what acting was. Yeah. I don't think they realized how much I did not know about it. Yeah, or how much like... So you when you say truth, when you say being, that sounds so philosophical and so vague to me that I'm like, do you really expect me to get anything out of what you're saying right now? Yeah, because you were so used to doing things like parang school. Yeah, yeah. I, I was so used to objectivity. Yeah. To being able to visualize. You give me one, you plus one is two, and I can visualize that with toothpicks. Yeah. Right? I cannot visualize the truth and being of a toothpick. <laughs> this didn't register <laughs> in my head. So that is how, how wide the disconnect was between me and the concept of acting. But I was determined to figure it out. He was. He was very I was. determined. That was something that I did have in me. It was determination and perseverance and, you know, mix in a bit of healthy ignorance to, you know, to help me out during my failures. I, I think having that ignorance really made you push through with it because I can imagine, like, like for me, for example, like when I was doing workshops when I was younger and I would fail or if I was, like, intimidated by something, that would cause failure for me. I get... Like what you're saying, like your ignorance towards maybe like the people around you or like the things that are normal in the business. For you, you're like, ah, okay, I made a mistake. I'm going to move on and learn from it. And for us, we're like, oh, shoot, I made a mistake. I embarrassed myself in front of these people. Oh, my God. So my anxiety na kami over things like this. That's true. Although I think I'd like you to talk more about anxiety because I think that would hit you a bit more. Because like I said, I had a healthy dose of ignorance, which kind of shielded me from, from anxiety. And you, your personality is a bit more predisposed. I guess my anxiety with upsetting people and making sure that, okay, I don't want to like, step on anyone's toes. I remember we had an open workshop back then. And then Vilma Santos was the guest at this workshop. So it's an open workshop. Siya. And then they would invite some of us artists from Star Magic to go on stage and act with her. At the end of it, at the end of the scene that I was going to do with her, I had to slap her. You had to slap Vilma Santos for real? 
but I didn't because I was scared that she would get mad or that I would hurt her. But it was an acting scene and she was expecting it already. And she's okay. like, I was expecting you to do it. And maybe one thing that you should learn from this is it's work. Okay. You talk to your co-actor before everything happens, but don't be afraid. Because once you hold back, then there's no truth in that. And then nakikita yung anxiety mo towards it. One of my anxiety moments where I was like, Man, I wish that slapped her. <laughs> but I mean, it was for that scene. But I was so scared for her to get mad. But she wasn't going to naman daw niya. So she was really nice about it. And you know what? You said truth. It became a bit disturbing when you said that. Because I remembered how I felt when people would say truth and being. And I couldn't understand or grasp that concept. When people in the industry or when actors uh, or when creative people talk about truth or being... My understanding now, I could still be wrong. Yeah. My understanding, um, the way I can explain that to people would be being real relative to the scene that you're trying to do. So if you're a guy who's sleeping and ginising ka ng mami mo, how would the normal guy be woken up by their mom? Yeah, yeah. So if you're able to do you know, something that looks real, then that is the truth. So they're mm. just saying that the truth is what is the realest way that you can do it. Yeah, what is something that uh, you walang would do arate. on a, Yeah. Walang arate. You don't get woken up like, huh? Oh my God. <laughs> so you be in the scene and you be in the... And you find truth in the scene is really just being real. Okay, so an example, like when I was watching movies, you remember, I think it's called Battle Royale, the Japanese yeah. movie. When one of the characters gets killed, they go like... <laughs> so it's like alam mong namamatay siya kasi yung arte niya is like <laughs> it's so campy in that sense pero I mean do you think that's like truth maybe for like them at that moment it was like it's so objective also subjective I subjective sorry subjective in terms of acting are you a good actor? One thing that I have noticed about myself is that I'm so proactive in workshops. Like, I'm in the zone when I'm in the workshop. Oh, really? Yeah. Did we not have, like, workshops together? We did. We had one, one with Katalili. For stepdaughters. Yeah. But I was also very shy to act in front of you. I think that was, like, one of my anxieties also. But when it's, like, workshops, I'm like... Let's do this. They always use a term, tumalun ka. So ibig sabihin, you just go for it. When it's workshop, I'm like, go, go. Give your emotion. Give whatever they need. And then when I go on set, I freeze up. So I feel like I get conscious when I'm on the set. I'm thinking of too many different things all at one time when I'm on the set. But also, there are more things to think about than just your acting when you're on the set. You have your camera, so medyo technical na siya. You also have your co-actors that you're working with, your lines that you need to memorize. And all of that adds up. And I feel like when I'm on the set, I become a plank or wood at some point. So going back to my question, mm -hmm. do you think you're a good actress or not? I think I'm like 50-50. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so, that's, that's such a bones answer. Yeah, yeah, it is a bones answer. Such a bones answer. It's a bones answer. Ikaw. I have a certain way of thinking about this question. Okay. Okay, for me, kasi, I'm thinking that I am not the person to judge myself. Okay. In terms of what I can do and your how eyes, I <laughs> Your eyes, you're like, I don't think I'm the person to judge myself. <laughs> no, um, I believe that your performance should be judged by others who watch it. Critics. Yeah. 
However, however, there is an internal side of me which always has to say, you are good enough to do this. Okay. Because for me... Kailangan may confidence ka. Yeah, so I'm referring to the confidence. Okay. In my mind, internally, even though I know that I am lacking in experience, objectively, mm-hmm. in terms of years, I am lacking possibly, you know, skills and nuances that others might have at the moment. Internally, I'm saying, no, I can do this. This isn't a problem. I'm mm-hmm. here and I'm going to give it my best and my best is going to be enough. You know, I think you're completely right because I don't have the confidence naman, like at the back of my head because nobody ever told me na, hey, you're good. Like, oh, that was great. Like, I've never gotten any of that. So oh, don't worry. I'm not, I haven't gotten that no, either. No, 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 no. But like from my perspective and from the way that I think and act, at the back of my head, I'm like, well, I guess I'm not good enough, but why am I still here? So parang ganun yung lagi nasa isip ko. And I think it shows in the work that I do sometimes. And it's something that Yanni has told me before. Like, he's super nice. Yanni's our acting coach. He's always like, you have to be more confident. Just own it. Ganyan. I feel like that's something that has really given me a crutch. Tama ba? Yeah. Is my confidence. Or my lack of confidence for myself. I agree. Working with Bones, definitely. Like, you see her... And it's I'm like always a, second guessing. It's a regular things. scene. Like where she just has to walk in. She might not have any lines, and she's like second guessing herself. And I'm like, dude, can you just enjoy it? I think that's also another difference that uh, you and I have, aside from that confidence standpoint, which mm-hmm. is which is normal. I think everybody has different kinds of internal confidence levels. It's something that you kind of have to work on over it, time. I think it's also something that a lot of people that are listening to the podcast can relate to. Like you're always kind of second guessing yourself sometimes and the work that you do but one thing that I guess we can all learn from with, from Fofo and people that have more of that confidence is own up to it or like just do it and be confident in what you're doing because you don't know if you're gonna be successful or fail at it but so do it one thing that pairs up very well with having that internal confidence is being able to enjoy. I think that's also something that you find difficulty with. At least that's, that's what I noticed when I would work with you. That's what I would have difficulty in acting. Yeah. In other things, like Konradit, like the pageant, that's that's always one, I guess, tip that I give to girls that join pageant. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Is to always <laughs> is to always have fun when you're on stage. And I kind of forget to follow my own advice when I'm actually like on the set. And the thing is, the reason why I say that is because I always try to consciously enjoy the moment. Yeah. And when I do that, success or failure doesn't matter. Because of course, this is assuming you prepared well yeah, for it. Yeah. If you prepared well for something, regardless if you succeed or if you fail, then you just enjoy the moment. Because if you're prepared, there's nothing else you could have done. Yes. If it's a success, enjoy the success. If it's a failure, then you know, okay, back to the drawing board. I have to put in more work next time. Hopefully, Mm -hmm. there is a next time at least. In terms of our own Mm self-perception of acting, that's where it stands. But I guess let's get the more practical examples of these things. So over the course of your decade and a half of working in showbiz, what was your favorite project? Why? And what was your least favorite project and why? Mm. And let's relate this to acting. I did the show when I was much younger, before I did like Miss World, with John Lloyd and Bea. I played John Estrada's sister. I had so much fun with the character there because I could just like play around. I wasn't like one of those Richie Richie, like all dressed up kind of 
characters and I was very rugged and myself. So I tried putting some of myself in there, but I tried to like mix up different characters that I would also watch from different movies. I think aside from that being one of my favorite acting jobs, it was also one where I had a lot of frustration with myself because there were moments na super crucial yung mga eksena and I wasn't in the zone. What does it mean when you say you are not in the zone? I wasn't in the zone because I skimmed through the script. I was very young at this point. I skimmed through the script. We have these things where you have beats. So it means like per line, minsan may isang emotion ka and then you shift to a different emotion when you say another line. So usually when you study the script, you kind of break it down into like segments. There was one particular scene where I thought petics lang siya and I could just like go with the flow and just like act it out. But what I didn't realize is that, you know, there were other actors in the scene and I was pulling everyone else down. You know, it was a big scene, like parang nasusunog yung building, and I had to like call for my kuya because it, it was their office. And nagpapanik ako kasi akala ko nandun siya sa loob ng building na nasusunog. One of the main characters was there. I had to talk to them. It was just like so flat. The emotions weren't there. When you talk about truth, kung yung kapatid mo nasa loob ng building na nasusunog, ano ba yung reaction mo? Siyempre, you're gonna be panicking, you're gonna be probably crying or like calling whoever, but there was none, like none of that. You couldn't even see like the panic. So you just kind of read the lines in I your head. I read the lines. It was really bad. Lines, like yeah. I felt so bad afterwards. I even, you know, spoke to my director and I really apologized to everyone there because I felt like I was bringing everyone down at that point. At least you realize you were doing something wrong. If that were me, I wouldn't even have realized I was doing something wrong. Yeah, it was a really bad day for me. I will talk about what I didn't like or where I felt like I failed badly. Okay. And there are two kinds of shows. So there are like two instances. Okay. The first one was failure due to ignorance and lack of experience and lack of skill. I don't mind saying these things. I think this is something that most people would be embarrassed about. But for me, I think it's a learning experience. My second teleserie ever was called My Beloved. I was with Ding Dong Dantes oh, yeah. and Marianne Rivera. And looking back at that story, the character arc that they gave me was insanely beautiful because it was a guy going from light to dark to light. Mm -hmm. So there were so many transitions and development within that character. What I did during that time was lay a big fat egg. What do you mean? I laid a zero. (laughs) I laid an egg. (laughs) Sorry, it is a a sports term. Okay, okay, okay. I didn't even realize that it was a character piece. I didn't realize the transitions. So you didn't know like you were I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even know that I was becoming a contrabida to a bida. Like I had zero concept. This was the time when they were saying truth and being and I was like what in the world are you talking about? And they give me an acting piece like that but it's not their fault it's my fault yeah, yeah, it's yeah, my yeah. fault for not being ready for that after that show i realized that i couldn't even judge if i was doing well or not that's how bad i was in this job that i had yeah. so i was like i have to change that i spoke to the ep and i was like uh miss I, I don't know what i'm doing yeah and i think that's the worst thing you can do yeah i think if you fail and you know why you're bad that's way better of an at least you would know how to improve yeah 
than not knowing at all. And I couldn't help it. I, I mean, yeah, it was my fault. But at the same time, I had never known anything about that industry yeah. and about my craft. You were ignorant about it. Yeah. That was a jump off point for me. So eventually after that, I tried to learn. But the learning process takes a while. Yeah. You don't like prepare for a year and you're like, yeah, I'm an award-winning actor right now. Yeah, it doesn't happen After to After a year of thinking about it and being aware. No, no. Yeah. There are so many more ups and downs. So my next down was feeling like I would put in the work and feeling like I was prepared, but still not being enough. The project that epitomizes being so prepared and working as hard as you could, yet when you actually have to execute, you completely and utterly fail. Mm. I would say that that would be my faithful husband. I know. You were so frustrated. With Den and Jen. Yeah. You Dennis were so Celia frustrated at that point. Because I could see like the work that Mikael was really putting into. He was super masipag. He was... He, like I would even practice with him. Like just watch him. And he would act a scene out in front of yeah. me. And at the end of the day, when he would like call me, he was like... I know I did my best, but why doesn't it feel like it was that, good enough? Like that translates on screen. Yeah, because it didn't. Because it didn't. Because sometimes you think that you put in the work, and it's not always just about preparation. Yeah. It's about learning how to take all that preparation and be able to execute it. I mm -hmm. think translating that is also a skill in itself that I didn't understand at that time. Yeah. So that was so frustrating so imagine studying for let's say I, I think something that people can relate to would be a school entrance exam okay practicing and reviewing for a year in advance and then when you're in the entrance exam you just completely blow it because of various uh, mm -hmm. factors mm -hmm. pressure you got, you got thrown off maybe you couldn't sleep very well maybe you got a bit nervous i think that's something that I could use as an analogy to how I felt. Let's move on. Let's move on to like, what's the project that you felt like you were most proud of? Ano yung project na maipagmamalaki mo? Yeah. Uh, there are two things now. Again, I have two answers because I feel like there are two sides. But they both complement one another. The first one is an easy one. Bubble Gang. Okay. Because this was a time that I was really trying to prepare and really trying to learn and try to understand what in the world my job yeah. was about, acting. Yeah. They threw me into Bubble Gang and just seeing all these people, this was Kuya Betoy, uh, Kuya Ogi, El Kasid, mm -hmm. and everyone, the whole, the whole gang, just enjoying their work and you could just see and feel that happiness that they have and that they imbibed into what they were doing. That gave me so much confidence to try it out. And then eventually, yeah. me being able to let go like them and being able to enjoy with them and, you know, borrowing from the confidence that they exuded, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it allowed me to explore and explore a new genre. I feel I was able to find some mild success at the very least. I eventually segued into a couple of sitcoms, Small Family. Yeah. So I, I, I built I built somewhat of uh, a body of work in comedy which allowed me to regularly jump back and forth between comical and uh, between comedy projects mm -hmm. and drama mm -hmm. projects. Which I felt was a success. I mean, it wasn't instant success, but I kept on working on it. And yeah. I kept on asking them, wow, how do you guys do this? How do you guys do that? And I kept observing. More than asking, I was observing them a lot and trying to see, wow, how do they do this? It's so different from when you do your drama shows and yeah. teleseries. I felt like Bubble Gang was a huge success for my part. 
at least. Yeah. Just on a personal level. I don't I think know. So. I, think I don't so know what well. they think about me. I mean, they could think I suck. It really but, brought your confidence I mean, up. The yeah, it, it really gave me a different side and really, really taught me how to love a different uh, genre that I didn't know I was ever going to get into. The other side of it would be, of course, your bre- our bread and butter, which is drama or teleserie. Yeah. So I guess the most fulfilling one in terms of acting would be my last two shows. And I only say that because experience for me has been such a huge factor in my development. Mm -hmm. Not just my development as an actor, but my development in terms of appreciating the work. I appreciate what goes on and how much effort the whole 200-man team has to put in to produce one teleserie. Yeah, grabe. So those last two projects was one, The Stepdaughters, and two, Love of My Life, still unfinished, still ongoing, to be honest (laughs) with you. Actually, you know what? One of the characters that I really like that you did was Paeng. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With, um... With Regine. With Atarej, yeah. Yeah, I really like that character. That was poor Senorita. But I I guess these last two, because... I always try to make it a point to prepare well. And now I think I'm getting better at translating and executing that for the camera Mm. during an actual take. Mm -mm. It just becomes more fulfilling because after, what, 10 years, I'm still learning and I'm still learning how to be more effective. I think as the years go by, I'm more sensitive to, oh, I am a bit better now than I was before. Like I was able to do this scene, which I realized two years ago, no way. I would not have been able to do this. The last two teleseries would definitely be something I could be proud of on a personal level. Okay, for me, okay, I won't go first to the Maipagmamalaki, but I'm going to go to a show where I learned a lot from because I learned so much from the last show that I did with Sina Chris Bernal. We did a horror show. It was my first time to actually do a teleserie and a horror. But I think one of the things that I got or I learned the most from doing this type of genre is really patience. It tested my patience on so many different levels, probably from doing like one scene and then you have like different angles that you need to take for the shot. And even like just waiting for you guys to finish the day really tests your patience. But I learned how to, you know, keep my cool when things like this happen, when there are technical difficulties that you face, I think it's not only just, you know, acting when you're on the set. There's so many different factors to being an actor. There's also like, kung paano ka makipag-salamuha, tama ba? How you relate. relate to other people on the set because like Mikael mentioned, it's like 200 people on, you know, a TV set, on a TV teleserie set. So it's... There's so many different things that you need to consider. And that was definitely one of the things that I really got from doing that show. I think the show that I'm most proud of, don't think of this that I'm copying you or anything because it really is a show. You're copying me. Okay, fine. I'm copying. No, I'm not. Um, That I'm really proud of is the Stepdaughters, definitely. It was like one of the longest shows that I ever did. Correction. It was the longest show you've ever done. In my career. It was really a show where I learned so much from like Mikael because it was her first time to work together. So I picked up a lot of, I guess, work habits from you. I picked up a lot of good work habits from you. And I learned so much from Katrina because it was my first time to work with her. And to actually be in scenes where you weren't just talking. And man, our lines were like this long. Like per line, it was like that long. And 
I learned about like memorizing scripts that were like super long, which I had never done before. I learned how to like do like fight scenes that wouldn't hurt each other. I guess I learned so much. I gained a lot of great friends also from that show. When you play basketball, it's easy to figure out how you practice the skills, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. your passing skills, getting stronger in the weight room. Uh, practicing your shot by shooting and just being able to refine your muscle memory. As actors, how do we train? Like, what's your concept? We might have different concepts, actually. So as an actor, how do you train now? Now that you're more well-equipped, you're experienced, you've been through highs and mm-hmm. lows. So how would you try to get better now? One thing that I hate doing is watching myself. I completely like I don't like watching myself because I cringe every time I see myself or I'll laugh at myself. But it is one thing that is very crucial, I think, in learning because you learn to see what you're doing wrong, what you're doing right with yourself. Because like Mikael said, he'd rather that somebody judges his acting rather than himself. And if you don't watch yourself, then you're not going to see what other people see. Right? Yeah. If, you, if you get some feedback now, oh, that was great. You need to see what you did that was great. If somebody said that was bad, you also need to see what you did that was bad. Para at least, when you do your next project or when you do your next scene, there's something that you can adjust to. Like just reevaluating yourself. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. I've learned that just like in basketball, and I'm always going to use that as an analogy because that's what I was mm-hmm. into for the greater part of my life. When you are doing something that is team-based mm-hmm. and production or creating a teleserie or any kind of production work is team-based, there are so many other elements you can improve on aside from acting. Yeah. So acting, yeah, you have your workshops. Yes, you could you know um, analyze and scrutinize your script and really build your character. But I think one element of being able to improve on that other people might not think about right away Mm -hmm. is everything around you. And what I mean by that is how do you relate to your whole team? Yeah. How are you as a leader, especially for us since you're a leading woman and uh, you're a leading lady and I'm a leading man? How do you lead? Not lead like a president, but lead in terms of being an example. Actually, like that, enjoying yeah. enjoying your work and showing that you care and showing that you care by the small things like saying hi, hello, getting to know their names. Yeah. How are you in terms of being early? How are you in terms of you know talking and giving out criticism and adjusting mm-hmm. to your co-actors and to your director and i think that being able to improve on that is actually a skill people skills see yani when i did marimar that was one thing that he told me is you are kind of like the leader of the ship when you do this show because you're the title role you play marimar And when people are on the set, they will see you. So you will be the leader of example. Okay? If you're in a bad mood, baka maapektohan ang mood ng lahat ng tao sa set because of you. It's a lot of pressure, yes. But all you have to keep in mind is that, you know, you're there to enjoy and have fun. And if people can see that you're doing that, then it would make, you know, the work life of everyone easier and lighter. Well, no, you're there to act, but it just yeah, becomes no, no, no. better. Yes, but the working environment is also very important. I yeah. think sometimes yeah. people or even actors tend to forget that because yeah. they're thinking, yeah, I'm like, I'm doing this, I'm on the set. It's just all about acting. It's all about acting, but there are so many different factors to it. And I can attest to that because I did a show one time, I was very young, and the lead 
person of this show was like a mood, like a mood talaga. So every time that I would see them, I'd just be like, oh, ayan na naman siya, like, nagdadabog na naman. So like everybody was, you know, nobody was enjoying like being on that set because of this person because they were just like, andito na naman tayo. Now that we've been in showbiz for a while, now that we've talked about our journeys when it comes to our actual job, nagbago ba yung tingin mo sa artista? We talked about what we thought of actors and mm-hmm. the job at the beginning. But after all our stories today, has it changed? How do you perceive our job right now? Oh, definitely. Yes, nagbago yung tingin ko. Kasi from when I was younger, I used to just think na puro pakyut lang. Like you just had to like look good in front of the camera. And now I really see it as a job. You know, like any other job, like there are skills that you need to learn. It's not just acting. It's also about, you know, people skills, technical skills as well. Because you need to know where your lights are, where your cameras are. Even like with script reading, you're breaking it down. You're analyzing your script and trying to connect to yourself to this character. There's definitely a lot of work that I didn't think I would have to do when I was younger. But you learn to appreciate it when you get older and when you start being in the business longer. My view of actors and artists has changed immensely, especially if I'm interrelated to this pandemic right now. Okay. That is because let's be honest, the shelf life of an actor of, of an actor's career is much uh, shorter. Yeah. And if you were go, to go corporate, yeah. the sustainability and the security that you have is also much less. Yes. But what this means is that it's the responsibility of an actor to also know what that transition is later on in their lives. Yeah. And that's so much pressure to invest yourself fully for like 10 to 20 years into one career. Yeah. And then eventually at the end of that career, you need to have this backup. And this initial career pays so well it compensates so well how do you maintain at the very least Mm-mm. right i have the utmost respect now for our peers because let's face it the reality is a lot of our peers a lot of the artists and artistas in the philippines end up becoming breadwinners yeah so that pressure is still there even after the career is over Mm-mm. yet it's all up to us and up to them to figure it out how do we maintain ourselves? Yeah. How do I transition skill-wise? Yes, we've seen sad stories where the transition didn't go so smoothly. Mm-hmm. But I also see a lot of peers with so many success stories yeah. being able to transition into business, learning new skills. My view of actors has definitely evolved and changed to you know, realize that and yeah. appreciate that. And at the same time, apply it to us because we mm-hmm. are also looking for you know, what are the other things that we can do aside from this kind of work. Of course, right now we're enjoying it uh, fully. Mm-hmm. I mean, pandemic aside at least. Yeah. But we're not... That fact has not been blind to us. We've been very aware of the fact that, you know, when we have a family, when we go o- grow older, there needs to be an alternative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are we moving on to next? The final question before we get to our games okay. and loaded questions would be, for you, we've talked about us and how we view our work and our craft. Given all that, who do you find right now as someone that you look up to or... Who do you see as an example or who do you admire in terms of their skill and why? Or someone you've worked with? I would have to say Kuya Betoy. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I did not expect this answer from you. But okay, go. Why? Please. Um, like when you, when you hear Kuya Betoy's story of 
how he started in the industry and how hard he worked to get to where he is today, it's really aspirational. But also, when you see him on the set, you see how much fun he has with what he's doing. He's serious, but he knows how to have fun with his work, with the people around him. I think like at a certain point in his life, he was like, how do I also make this transition, which we just talked about? Like, how do I move forward? And one of the things that I always think about in my mind is, sino kaya yung next Kuya Bitoy in our generation? Sino kaya yung susunod sa yapak ni Kuya Bitoy? Wala lang. Like, it's just something that he's always so remarkable at what he does. I really admire him for the work I that agree. he does. I agree. I agree. I could devote one episode to Kuya Bitoy, to be honest with you. So I'm not going to get into it. Megan, you know, hit the nail on the head anyway. So I'm going to say someone different. One person who I admire would be Dennis Trillo. Oh, yeah. You always mention this to me. And the reason for this is because he was in that project called My Faithful Husband, where I tried to come in prepared. But I absolutely sucked. <laughs> okay. Or I did not deliver, at least, you know, the way I felt yeah. I imagined I could deliver. I saw this person who was, you know, recognized, multi-awarded, yeah. known and experienced to be able to deliver consistently. And just watching him go about his work was very educational for me. Mm-hmm. To be honest mm-hmm. with you, it really yeah. was. So yeah. I would watch him. And I would look at his scenes and how he would prepare. He's a very focused person. Very quiet on the set, the man outside of yeah, the set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really appreciated the way he went about his work and the way he was able to deliver because that was the way that I would want to deliver. Mm-hmm. You could see that what he imagined was what he would produce in yeah. front of the camera. That gave me a lot of insight as well. It makes oh, okay, so that is what it looks like. Because up to that point, I didn't even know what it looks yeah, like because yeah, I yeah, couldn't yeah. do it. But I like a point of reference. Yeah, I couldn't do it myself. So to see a guy up close doing scenes with him, so this is what it looks like. Yeah. So that was very, very interesting for me. And I was very happy to have worked with him and Jen at the same time. Yeah. It's just that, you know, he's a dude and we were working together a lot as It's well. nice to see it from like a guy's perspective also. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We would have similar characters yeah, yeah, to a yeah, certain yeah. extent. So definitely, yeah. Dennis Tullio. All right. And with that, we get to the loaded questions of the week. All right. The loaded question of the week. Ding, 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 ding. Would you rather do a role you know very well or a role you are not familiar with? Okay, you first. Do you I like have, that I, I did that thoughts. in a voiceover? Not I have thought. I would rather do a role that I am not familiar with because I feel like I'm not acting if I do something that's too close to me or there's no challenge. I want to be challenged and do something that you know, takes me out of my comfort zone. I know it'll be very uncomfortable. I probably get very anxious about doing it. But who isn't up for a challenge? Wow. 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 Wow, big words, Boneasy. Wow. Let's see when you get there. <laughs> uh, my answer to this question, I don't know. Have I you played a role that's really close to you? I really think about it. Um, I guess. Well, I always find points of relation from myself into the role. Okay. I always look for that as well. But I also look for points of contrast between myself. So I don't think I look at it like this. I think that's why I can't answer this question because I don't look at it black and white. Oh, this role is so similar to me. Oh, this role is not similar to me. I just look at it, okay, this is the role. And 
from there, I just build the character. Yeah. And if the writer puts in scenes that I've experienced, let's say, the death of a father, mm-hmm. then I say, oh, okay, I've experienced that. This I can is something relate. I can relate to. Yeah, so how would this character relate to that? Yeah. I've related to it, but how does that character relate to yeah. it? Yeah, I guess, I think uh, people all have so many different ways of tackling characters and accepting roles and projects. So you can see that there's a difference between the way Bonizi thinks about her roles and the way I think mm-hmm. about my role. Um, yeah, it's just different. I know I know other people who have also different factors that come into play when they think about what to accept. So it's just very interesting hearing that and hearing what you said. That was new. Yeah. Parang there was a time when people would just give me like characters now. Beauty queen, beauty queen, beauty queen. I'm like, wala na bang iba? <laughs> wala na iba. Wala na bang iba? <laughs> wala na iba. But anyways, we hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast talking about our work life and how we relate to it together. So hope you guys enjoyed. Oh, and by the way, you guys can always send us an email. If you have comments about the podcast that you listen to, just shoot us an email at behindrelationshipgoals at gmail.com. All right. Anyway, that means it is the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, guys. And I'm Bones. And this is Soba Sleeping. Bye.